taking prayer requests, and I called on one of the deacons to open the prayer time, and I said, anybody would like to join in in praying? And after everybody's finished, I'll pray. And so the deacon prayed, and, and then there was a lady in the front row, Mrs. Workman. And Mrs. Workman started praying. Mm. I, I remember two thoughts. Uh, number one, I sure hope somebody else prays because I don't want to follow her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And secondly, yeah. I, I need to learn to pray how this lady's praying. Uh, I had a seminary degree, but I didn't know how to pray like she knew how to pray. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. This is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I am joined by the Charles Grigsby. Chad, welcome. Good to be here with you, Jason. It's super great to be here with you yeah. too, Charles. And we have with us uh, a legend. A legend, who yes. Who has not only hiked the Grand Canyon, yes. uh, enjoys vacationing in North Carolina, Yep. but also has a new executive director. Wow. Uh, for the SCBO, we have Steve Hopkins. Steve. With us. Welcome, Steve. Thanks. It's really good to be here again. <laughs> yeah, so, glad to have you here. Yeah, it's exciting. We were chatting about all these things earlier. And so which of those things is the most exciting thing going on for you right now? Still, well, I the mean, fact it, that you've hiked the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most exciting right now currently is that uh, Jeremy Westbrook has started as our new executive director. Yeah. Just, uh, he's been on board um, uh, you know, two weeks. We're going to make some changes, which we needed to make some changes. So it's yeah. good. Good. Well, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself or and you've already been on, he's yeah. an expert podcaster. You're a repeat offender yes, on the he's podcast. He's a repeat offender. <laughs> yes. But for those of who hadn't listened to that podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself and yeah. your role at SCBO. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I grew up here in Ohio. I uh, grew up in the Dayton area, oh, a little yeah. town called Brookville, and uh, pastored, uh, pastored for 22 years. And I uh, had a great, great time doing that. Loved that. And then I've been serving with State Convention of Baptist in Ohio and um, have a, a couple of different major responsibilities. One of them is leadership. Mm-hmm. and just helping pastors, anything I can do uh, to help pastors and leadership issues, any leadership development. And then uh, my second responsibility is the prayer initiative mm-hmm. and um, just uh, seeing God move and seeing how we can do to encourage a culture of prayer across the state. So that's and that's one I, I'm probably the one I'm most passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do, uh, I'm passionate about the church, so I, I do have responsibilities in church revitalization. Yeah. So um, and it, th- th- that gives me a lot of freedom to do a lot of different things, um, a lot of coaching. Um, and so I'm, I, that's what I enjoy uh, most, that uh, when I get to, to coach pastors and church leaders and so forth. So that's pretty exciting yeah. for me. Well, we're thankful, too, because you serve as a trainer for our uh, Send Columbus training team. So you help train church planters. Doing that right now, I guess, because yeah. me and you tag teamed one. Yeah. Got another uh, one coming up next week. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So we appreciate your work with that. And then uh, you're also helping us with assessment this time around. So, yeah. Yeah. man, and on the podcast. Yeah. You just want to work for NAM? Now? <laughs> 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 so we're putting I, I you do, to work. I do love it. And you guys let me coach some church planners. Yeah, that's that right. Is coaching, so too. When I get yeah. To, yeah. to be with those. I got a session Friday this week, coaching time with a one of our church planners, and yeah. it's just sweet when I get to do that. Well, we really appreciate all you're doing, seriously. Yeah. So thankful for, for what you do. 
Yeah, and one of the reasons why we wanted to have you um, on the podcast is be really for that prayer um, kind of piece. I know you and I have connected a little bit because my new role is um, has a lot to do with prayer at our church. And so kind of tell us a little bit, where does that personal passion for prayer come from for you? Yeah, I mean, it started early on. I mean, I remember in seminary taking electives um, mm-hmm. in and was introduced to some people like back then, Richard Foster and some of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then I, I tell you what, a, a powerful moment for me uh, was when I went to my first pastorate. And uh, back in those days, we uh, we always had, we still had prayer meetings, you know, and yeah. on a regular basis. And Wednesday uh, night prayer meetings. Wednesday probably, night yeah. prayer meeting, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, every Wednesday night. And so I'll never forget my very first one as a pastor. I was my first, first pastorate out of seminary, first full-time pastorate. And um, I did the thing, we, we did the thing back then we called the season of prayer. Mm. Remember those? And, and, you know, I, so I, we'd taken prayer requests and I called on one of the deacons to open the prayer time. And I said, anybody would like to join in and pray. And then after everybody's finished, I'll pray. And so the deacon prayed and, and then there was a lady in the front row, uh, Mrs. Workman. And Mrs. Workman started praying. Mm. And I, I remember two thoughts. Uh, number one. I sure hope somebody else prays because I don't want to follow her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And secondly, yeah. I, I need to learn to pray how this lady's praying. Mm. I mean, I had a seminary degree, but I didn't know how to pray like she knew how to pray. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, we were planning a church, um, and and we uh, had, a, had a church planner by the name of Dwight Massingill, and Dwight was a man of prayer, and he and I would meet together. And, well, I just uh, so so. That background, and then coupled, I just think, with my time in God's Word, that there's just so much in God's Word about prayer mm. um, that just drives me to it time and time again. And then the third thing is I, I, I realize how, how needy I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that if, if, if God doesn't show up and do something, I'm in big trouble. Yeah, and so prayer—that's driven me to prayer. Uh, just that dependence upon Him. Yeah. Just reading a lead by Paul David Tripp, and and mm. he talks in there about how desperate we've got to be in prayer as leaders, and it's a big part of leadership. And so for me, yeah. prayer and leadership are just so intertwined. Mm. So, yeah, I know for us, I mean, we have. I you met Jenny up at sure. our front desk and. Um, and we have Christy Lowe, who's on our staff team too. And they, um, about maybe a year and a half ago, were like, we're all going to pray as a staff and you can come if you want sort of thing. And um, I, was, I wasn't super comfortable, honestly, the first few times I went. And for similar reason, some of that woman is like, they pray and you're just like, I'm not saying anything about that because <laughs> super sensitive to the spirit, very well. But like, it was just amazing. And just spending time with them, I was like, man, like I'm starting to see this passion for prayer and mm. what God can do through prayer. And honestly, we prayed for like a year and the things that we saw God do, is just incredible. Um, it's just, are you, are you willing to take the time to actually get together and do that? Right. It's so key. That's good. And kind of coming off of that idea is like, I feel like prayer is something that everybody would say that's an important thing to do, but it's often not something that a lot of people actually do both personally and corporately, why do you why do you think that is? At the risk of, um, let me just let's jump into the hard thing first. Uh, pride, because mm. as, as as long as I think I can handle it, I'm, I'm not going to pray. 
and pride will keep me from prayer. And and as long as I feel like, you know, I got a good plan and I'm, I'm going to execute my plan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I jokingly say when we do some prayer workshops, somebody always asks me the question, well, how many days a week do you really need to read your Bible and pray to be a good Christian? You know, they always ask that question. And, and sort of jokingly, but I, I say to them, well, here, here's the deal. Only pray on days of the week that you need Jesus. Uh. <laughs> and and uh, obviously, I, I think we need him every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only only days that end in Y. Yeah, really. right. So, so I, I think I just went through and was like, do all of them? So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they all do. Just so everyone knows. There you go. Yeah. So I, I think you know, pride keeps us from from really bending the knee and, and, mm. and surrendering because we, we think we can handle it. Yeah. And, and it's when I come to the realization that I'm totally, absolutely, utterly dependent upon him that it drives me to prayer. Yeah. And so as, as long as I think I can handle it. So that's, that's probably the biggie. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we could use things like, uh, you know, time, you know, we need, we, we're busy and all those kind of things. But I, I think there's a great, a uh, quote by John Piper it says that uh, the um, that Facebook will be the evidence God uses to convict us of our lack of prayer. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, we, we'll spend more time on social media than we will on prayer. And um, uh, so I, I think we, you know, we can't use that excuse. Um, and then the other thing is I, I don't know that we have really learned how to pray. Uh-huh. And, 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 and prayer is not something so much that you can just be, you can't read just to read a book on prayer. Mm-hmm. And there, are, there are great books on prayer, and I read them all the time. Uh, but you, you learn how to pray best by praying, mm-hmm. and, and you learn how to pray better by praying with people who pray better. Yeah. And so, you know, some of those people that I've, I've prayed with have taught me so much about prayer. And so it's just something that... Um, I don't think we do well because we don't, we haven't done it, and we just need to pray, and we need to be praying together with people, uh, because I think that'll in, encourage our prayer life. I agree, and I think praying is such a vulnerable thing that I feel like sometimes it's hard to pray with other people, and yeah. you you get self conscious and how you're going to say things and all that kind of stuff, and so I think it keeps us from praying with other people. But the times when I have been willing to pray with people who. Um, are more spiritually mature than me and longer, uh, are further along in their walk with Jesus. It's so fruitful for me in my in my prayer life. Um, just being able to watch them pray, and I agree with you. I feel like it's not something that you can read a book and be like, "Oh, I'm an expert on prayer now." Yeah, right. It's something you really have to practice and actually do in order to continue to to grow in that area. Yeah, yeah. So you've talked about. I think I think for a lot of people, prayer kind of is intimidating, and so. Are there any tools, resources, maybe books, maybe outside of books, besides right. just, I, I think what you said was great, praying with others to, right. to, to help develop prayer. But are, in all your work with churches, any tools that would help individuals or churches kind of take a step? Abs- yeah, absolutely. You, There's a couple of tools that, that I think are just very, very good. Mm. Um, there, there's a group that, that I'm a part of called the Acts 6-4 Fellowship. And the 6-4 Fellowship, which is based on Acts 6-4, talking about the ministry of prayer and the word, obviously. 
um, you can you can join the Six Four Fellowship for free, and you just go to Six Four Fellowship dot com, and there's a ton of resources. Daniel Henderson is the uh, key person there at Six Four. Uh, he's uh, they call him he's glo- the global director or something like that. But anyways, um, just a ton and ton of resources that you can access, and it's free to join. And so I encourage pastors, I encourage every pastor and every church leader to join the 6-4 Fellowship because it's, it's been huge for me. Mm. Um, and then there, there are a couple of great um, books out there that you can't. Uh, Daniel Henderson himself has written one called Old Paths, New Power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that book is the best book I know about. I'm sure there's other great ones out there. But it's the best book I know about to help encourage corporate prayer. Mm-hmm. We got we got some sweet books out there on private prayer, mm-hmm. and there's there's I, I love them, and and you know I I try to incorporate a new book on prayer uh, uh, three or four times a year that, that I just try to discover a new author and so forth, but Daniel Henderson and Old Paths New Power really encaps it captures what it means for the body to pray together. And, you know, one of the things he quotes in there, and I, I've checked it out. I believe he's right. He quotes Vance Pittman. And Vance Pittman says, 26 times in 28 chapters in the book of Acts, you find the church praying together. Hmm. you got to really search hard, and I don't even know if you can find it, to find anything about their private prayer life. Hmm. Now, it's not that they didn't have a private. I'm sure they did. Hmm. But when the... When the first church talked about what God was doing, they talked about the times they got together and prayed. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And if it was important for them, <laughs> you know, yeah. how much more important it ought to be for us? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that corporate prayer life, you know, uh, I think one of the mistakes I made when I was pastoring is I used to believe that um, I, I, if I could get everybody's private prayer life elevated, it would help the church's prayer life. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm now, I believe, just the opposite. Mm. That when, when we learn to pray together corporately, people's private prayer life will be encouraged. Maybe it's a both and, not an either or. But mm-hmm. I, I think when, when we as a church model together what it means to pray, then people's personal prayer life uh, just is, is elevated. Mm. As a matter of fact... I, illustration that's sometimes used with uh, with guys let's say that i got a i got an 11 year old grandson let's say they invited me to come and to to, to coach his baseball team and I, I gathered the boys together and said hey boys baseball is such an honorable sport and i gave them a great talk on the honorable sport of baseball i said this is a bat and this is a glove hmm. and i just great inspirational talk on baseball and even ended with an inspirational poem Casey comes to bat or something. And then I said, okay, boys, go home and practice and come back next week. We'll play the game. I wouldn't be much of a baseball coach. Mm-hmm. But we've given some inspirational messages on we need to pray. And we've talked about how we need to pray. And we've given some inspiring messages. And then we've said, okay, go home and do it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be so much better if, if we said, okay, this is what, how important prayer is. We're going to take some time together and pray. Yeah. <laughs> a novel thought, you know, that uh, we can. So I, I think you've got to incorporate it into the life of the church. And people, if, if they see that, they know how important prayer is. And it elevates their, their personal prayer life. Mm-hmm. 
so um, that that's kind of a, I think a key. Um, so helping churches, I think that those are the big things. I, I I don't think you need to rush out and look for some official program. Um, I I think finding uh, some opportunities like that and things like the Six Four Fellowship that is to encourage you and provide resources for you uh, have are, would be key for churches. Yeah. For, don't you didn't you uh, just tell me that you also do like a kind of like a boot camp for churches too? Yeah, yeah, we do some things. Um, we we have a prayer boot camp that we offer uh, that can be done, can be sliced and diced and done whatever's best. And I, ideal, we we like six seven hours um, of time, and that can be done on a Saturday or Friday night and Saturday. We've got uh, some prayer workshops that we do uh, on how to lead life giving prayer experiences. You know, sometimes. I think some of our prayer experiences are what have turned people off, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, Daniel Henderson has a little quip. He's big on quips. He, he says, you know, when I was a kid, I had a drug problem. I was, I was mm-hmm. drugged to prayer <laughs> meeting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and so some of us have been drugged to those prayer meetings that weren't very excited. And yeah. so when we hear the word prayer meeting, we think, of, you know. <laughs> but there is a way to lead corporate prayer that can be exciting. So we've yeah. got a little workshop we do. That's particularly, I, I love doing that like with small group leaders. So how can you better lead prayer in your small group? Uh, and, and, and so there's some, there's some things, there's some tools like that that we, we do have available uh, that we like to do and, and, and share. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to yeah. see that. I was just going to make a, a plug for something I've started doing personally too. Uh, I've started using the Book of Common Prayer yeah, personally, yeah. uh, which is uh, way outside of our Baptist tradition. In fact, I think uh, I haven't done a thorough study on Baptist tradition around prayer, but my experience in, sure. you know, of 40 years of Southern Baptist churches at least is that, you know, we're pretty much exclusively dedicated to spontaneous uh, prayer that is just, you know, whatever you want to pray for, you know, whatever's in your heart, you know, or your prayer list or whatever. So, so pre-recorded, pre-written prayers <laughs> outside of maybe the Lord's Prayer is not something we've done. So I've, I've engaged with the Book of Common Prayer, That's which great. is, it's really a devotional book. Yeah. I mean, it takes you through the Psalms and through, through the Bible every three years and stuff. And there's some old language and some, uh, definitely some more English, when I say English, like uh, England, like English right. stuff, like God Save the Queen and some right. stuff in there. But I've really enjoyed praying prayers that have been prayed for 500 years yeah. as a springboard for my prayer life. Oh. And I, I think we need a Baptist book of common prayer. So Steve, I'm going to task <laughs> you with writing the Baptist book of comfort, but I, I do think it'd be great if we had a Baptist version, yeah. Yeah. a and, little more updated and, and version. There are of that, some things out there that are, you know, John Bailey's uh, diary of private prayer. Okay. Great. Great for that. Yeah. Uh, there is the the Valley of Vision, okay. Puritan prayers. Okay, yeah, uh, that's really so. And even Anne Graham Lotz has got a book, um, and I don't the title of it's escaped, but it's just a book of, of prayers that she's written, mm-hmm. which is really sweet. Um, and she's just got, I think she's she's dead on. So there are there are some materials like that out there available, and um, and, I, and I do think I I keep some of those handy regularly. Yeah, you go in the back of Steve's car and he's got a whole library for it. <laughs> he does. And he'll give you he'll, he's very generous. Is yes. it the light of his presence or the yeah, Daniel that, prayer? That, yeah, the life of his presence. Storming is, the gates of heaven. The, the one that's got prayers in it is the the life in his presence. 
Okay. And it's okay. kind of Delight a blue, blue cover, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Daniel Prayer is also a great book, too. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, that one's the one. The Light of His Presence. The okay, great. By Ian Graham Lotz. That's, that's just got several prayers in it. Yeah. So there's a lot of tools like that. that yeah. I've just found that added a dimension to my prayer life Absolutely. that's just not really part of my tradition that I've enjoyed that kind of different. Because sometimes yeah. I think one of the things that's most difficult for me around prayer is just knowing how to get started and yeah. knowing how to. So having things like the Lord's Prayer and, and other prayers that are kind of written for you really do kind of stoke that fire. Yeah. And I think sometimes re- reinventing the wheel feels intimidating. Yeah. So. And, and, and so that's, and that's exactly what I was saying earlier, you know, that yeah. we, we learn how to pray by praying. We learn how to pray better by praying with people who pray better. Mm-hmm. So some of these people that have written yeah. are people who pray better. That's good. Yeah. And um, then I think the other element of that is really to learn how to pray Scripture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one of, again, Henderson's phrases is that we need Scripture-fed, Spirit-led, worship-based prayer. Mm. And, and that's it's so important that we're, we're, we're praying out of Scripture. Yeah. And, and that we open God's Word. See, if I, if, I, if I start my prayer from my needs, then my prayer is me-focused. Mm-hmm. But if I start my prayer from God's word, it becomes focused on him. That's good. It makes all the difference in the world. So Really good. Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like, have you read Praying the Bible by Whitney? Sure. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean's been pushing that a lot at LifePoint and that's good. encouraging people to do that and one as well. A, that is a great book. Yeah. 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 Well, kind of to close, I want to bring it back to that corporate prayer piece. And I know yeah. I've read, is it Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire? That's yeah. another Jim really Simbler. good one. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if a planter is interested in implementing some corporate prayer or just encouraging their um, their flock with prayer, what, what would be a good maybe first step for them uh, yeah. to get that started? Well, you know, I, th- I think first of all, it, a f- good first step would be just for that planter to understand the importance of prayer and to be passionate himself about prayer. Um, you know, one of the illustrations I sometimes use with planters when I'm coaching them uh, you know, I ask them, well, you got everything ready for your launch. And and they start telling me, yeah, you know, we got our venue, we got our chairs, we got this, we got that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always listening. <laughs> and and I'm very seldom here while I've got prayer in place. Mm-hmm. And so I use this little illustration with them sometimes. I say, you know, uh, let's just say you're getting ready to have your first baby. And a lot of these planners are that age group. So, you know, that's easy. So they say, and, and I said, you just you found out it's going to be a little girl, and um, your wife says, "You know, my little girl's not going to have her first pictures made in a hospital blanket and a cap like <laughs> everybody else. My little girl's first pictures are going to be in the cutest outfit you could imagine." And so she goes shopping, and she buys this cute little outfit, and she gives you strict instructions. When that baby's born, the first thing that happens is she ends up in this cute little outfit before anybody walks in a room with a camera <laughs> and you know, you, you got your instructions and you better follow them. <laughs> well, then the baby's born and she's not breathing. Mm. You don't stop and say, wait, I got to get her in that little outfit. Mm-hmm. You got to get her breathing. I think sometimes as church planners, we worry too much about the outfit mm-hmm. when the baby's not breathing and we worry about all the, trappings which are important i'm not saying but have you got a prayer team in place Mm -hmm. are you spending time have you got people that you really know uh, who are 
praying. So I, I say to church planners, one of the key things is become passionate about prayer yourself and build that prayer team around your church plant that you can call upon. You, you, you got maybe a large number of people, you know, 50, 60, 100, but then you also got eight or 10 that are the people you can know, go to the map for you and that you, that you can call in the middle of the night if you need to and, and, and pray with you. Just build that. I think that's where you got to start as a church planner building that prayer team around you and then um, you know just looking for people look for people to prayer um, that you can connect with thanks so much man Thank you. really appreciate your really good. your thoughts and wisdom i always feel like anytime we have a conversation with you around this uh, i learn a lot grow a lot from it so just appreciate your investment and what god's doing in the city and and for being here today thanks for checking out today's episode don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.